0: Hi, Paul. Any questions tonight? Yes. Guru Maharaj, um, There is this statement that every word is a name of God. I think it's. But, uh, 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 So if it's like that, let's say there are people who kind of made up their other religion, like there is Jedi religion, there is people worshipping some goddess that was just made in the movie and they started temple. Could it be that if these people sincerely believe uh, that there is God behind that name, that they achieve some, at least, pious credit for it? Mm -hmm. There's a couple of thoughts that come to mind. Um, one is that Arjuna poses a similar question to Krishna in Bhagavad Gita, when he asks about people who uh, worship but not in accordance with uh, scripture, or what, how to understand that. And uh, Krishna then speaks about uh, the worship in different modes of nature. Hmm? And then um, he concludes the chapter by saying, na, na, na That um, that uh, worship hmm? that it's not according to uh, revelation by that one can attain perfection, happiness, paramgatim, the supreme goal. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't bode well for uh, making it up, if you will, if, as, as, you, as you go along. The idea, uh, of course, with regard to the modes of nature, being that that worship of the gods and, and in accordance with scripture, is satvic. Mm-hmm. And, of course, in, the, in Bhagavatam, a similar question comes from Uddhava, and the, the answer takes it to another level, where Krishna says, uh, faith in Tamagun is like this, faith in Rajagun is, is like this, faith in Sattvagun is faith in the Atma. Hmm? Because Sattvagun is, corresponds with knowledge, and the culmination of knowledge in this world is knowledge of the Atma. So, since we've sometimes said self-realization is is uh, attainable in this in this world, and even without bhakti, but God realization in any form, Brahman realization, Paramatma, or bhagavan realization are not possible without the addition of bhakti. Hmm. So, at any rate, uh, faith in sadvagun, I think in the Gita, Krishna says is. Uh, is his is faith in in the shastra and faith in in, in bhagavatam he says it slightly differently but uh, faith in atma and then he says faith in me that's that's transcendental hmm? so um, that's what comes to mind immediately. Uh, from your your question, um, there's another thought that sincerity doesn't go in, in vain, and I'm reminded. Uh, you know, what does the Gita say? Um, um, Arjuna is asking, of course, he's asking that if, with regard to Shastric uh, understandings of um, how to conduct oneself, he's asking that uh, if I give up the path of Dharma for the path of Yoga, I'm not successful. This is the kind of the context, I believe, in which that, that question comes. And uh, Krishna tells him, well, no, sincerity is, uh, is invincible, to use Sridhar uh poetic rendering of that. Uh, and very affectionately he, he speaks to Arjuna, he says, Tata, oh, my dear son, don't think like that, uh, you don't have to worry. Hmm? Uh, but again, that's with regard to the path of Dharma and the path of Yoga, which is ultimately speaking about bhakti, and these are all paths that come to us from from revelation, invitations or door openings, window openings from that side, you know, that uh, give us access. Um, <clears throat> at the same time, it's not quite uh, there in terms of addressing your question but uh along those lines uh uh, with regard to sincerity and where the heart is which is kind of what you're you're asking about what if to put your question in another way in a broader context you could say it is what if the heart's in the wrong place but you're doing it all wrong Hmm? um now that of course um reminds me of the, of the story of Guvindadas who we have the famous song bajahure Manashinandanandana Srinanandana Charanada Vindurey and it's, a, it's said that he was a uh, it's a Bengali song it said that he was a um, a shakta worshipping Durga but what he wanted hmm, in his heart was detected by her and it was more appropriate in her estimation for him to worship Krishna or Govinda than her, giving, given what was in his heart. She, knowing the heart of her worshippers, who, who generally the goddesses worshipped for for material acquisition or maybe for mukti, hmm. um, but certainly not for for prame. So he had some some idea of prame. Enough to, for her to appear before him in, in a dream and say, you, for what you want, you should worship, uh, fix your mind on Govinda, on, on Krishna, hmm? and uh, maybe he got the name Govinda, Das from that. But um, there's a, there are similar, there's a similar story, of course, in Brihad Bhagavatamrita, where we find, the mature Brahman was a worshipper of, uh, the goddess. Devi, Durga, and um, uh, she gave him the Gopal. I guess it was. I should say, must have been the story of Gopakumar relating to the to the um, uh, Matura Brahmin. How he? No no, 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 it is true. That the Matura Brahmin who's being uh, 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 taught. Uh, by Gopakumar the, in the context of telling his story received uh, if I remember correctly the Gopal Mantra from the goddess Durga in in, in a dream hmm. Gopakumar himself received it from his guru and Brajini tells the story um, of course Durga is another name for Radha and there's a connection between the Maya Shakti and the Sarup Shakti kind of like the difference between heat and, and cold brought about by the same energy uh, so um, um, it's another uh, example of he had something else some some scar for for bhakti by circumstance approaching the goddess and she took him in the right direction um, Generally, uh, Krishna is described as bhoga janardana. So, even if you do it wrong, but your heart's in the right place, he accepts the feeling of the offering. Hmm. So, there's something to be um, said uh, for that hmm. um, that perhaps applies to your to your to your question. Um, uh, At the same time, <clears throat> bhakti is really coming from the other side to this side. So everyone's a seeker in one sense, but does that qualify them for bhakti? Not, not, not really. <laughs> hmm. Um, uh, seekers are mentioned in the Gita as one of four types of people who uh, who come to bhakti. Not that they all do, but some seekers come, some in knowledge come, some come for with a desire for material acquisition or for um, becoming free from suffering from, with different motives come to bhakti. It's not that... Uh, all people with those motives come to Bhakti, but some of them do. So some seekers do. Um, I mean, but we have to maintain this point that Bhakti is wholly like merciful. It's not that she's giving herself to qualified people because they're sincere. Hmm. That's a little <laughs> maybe hard to digest, but. Um, uh, There's no qualification, nothing from this side uh, that we can do that qualifies us for bhakti. Hmm. Um, it's wholly uh, a, a, a graceful dispensation. Um, it's it's not that the devotee sees here's a very qualified person. Let me give them bhakti because they're qualified. That's that's brought out in the story of Nard's. Um, blessing that he received from the sadhus and stated his house a story of his, his own progress that he, that he um, relates to uh, to Vyas so um, um, I don't think that we can say that uh, that necessarily that they're they're sincerely worshipping something some imaginary idea and um, and they're going to get uh, the uh, in due course the desired result Um, so those are some of the broad you know kind of thoughts that ended my mind and Answered your question, but I think that, you know, given all that, we 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 do have to look seriously at the overture that revelation constitutes from the from the absolute from that side to us, and um, and um, it's kind of like throwing a rope, and so you know you have to grab onto that, to grab onto a, a weed that's. In the wall, let's say, you're in the bottom of a well, and I throw you a rope, and you, the weed may pull you up a little way, but it may f- come out. It's just as well, and leave you at the bottom <clears throat> with the broken, another broken leg. So, mm-hmm. so, uh, <laughs> um, so the you know the, the Vedas given to the world, it's 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 uh, it's uh, embedded in the world, so to speak, sounds and. Uh, and um, and it's uh, you know I mean there are you could say there are extended forms of it as as well and um, of the dispensation like Bhakti Vinodak would say well Krishna appears to Yuga after yoga but it doesn't mean only in India there may be Shaktivish manifestations in other parts of the world teach Dharma according to that culture and, and so forth and, and so on. Um, and, you know, I think there's something about the major religious traditions that say we could include within that idea um, that distinguish them from just some idea that you make up and so forth. Now, the, the idea you're talking about is maybe like happens in India. But, of course, you said there's religious what do you call it, Jedi, Jedi. <laughs> from a movie. It's popular in uh-huh. Yeah, I think that I think that um the I I would say that the that the religious traditions of merit that are genuinely so uh and and have and represent the other side, so to speak, to one extent or another, um have at their core um um, a uh, ideas that are um, found in in all of them. You know, there's the uh, ego-effacing sensibilities. You can find it in Christianity. You can find it in in, in Islam. You can find it in Hinduism. Um, it's not that everybody catches that and goes to the heart of it, and mostly that people identify with the tradition in a worldly. Sense, hmm? and then they pursue worldliness in the context of some kind of gratitude towards the, uh, the the creator. But that's the karma marg, the dharma marg, as we term it in Hinduism. And I think comparatively, it's very sophisticated religious idea for getting your wants, so to speak, or improving your material situation or to say it another way, showing gratitude and uh, saying thank you say thank you now hmm, as you teach the children so it's kind of a ch- childish religious idea that the grown up form of which is ego effacing and, and rather than making the sacrifice of saying thank you or, or giving something in order to get your, your very self is given uh, on the altar of sacrifice and um, your material sense of self, that is. And I think this is r- rooted there in, in, at the heart, in all the major traditions, that enables us to sometimes, and Brock even old was kind of like this, to be a, a perennialist, or to identify a perennial philosophy that keeps coming up in different forms, shapes, in different cultural settings, that looks different, hmm? given the different cultures that it manifests in, but at its core it has um, similar, if not the same, teaching that, in a basic sense, speaks about a an approach to life that has a transcendent result. Now, there may be different degrees of transcendence, transcendent results that can be achieved, um, which is would make sense, given that there are different approaches to it that all have something in common, which I sometimes refer to as ego effacing and grace um, you know dependent um, so to speak um, and and uh, and, it, and and thereby these paths are distinguished or they distinguish themselves if properly understood from something you like the Jedi religion. Or I was thinking of something in India where they you know, they, they make up a gods or might see a, a new god in, in, a, in, a, in a movie, a musical, and then start a temple about it and so forth. Um, and so I, I, I don't think that you can compare those ideas, and in, in, in often legally speaking even, at least in, in, in the United States, in other countries as well, there's a legal... Um, criterion by which um, a ideology of faith is uh, accepted as a religion and given the protections that a religion uh, should be afforded hmm, in democratic uh, societies and, and, and so forth. Um, so it's not I mean, I don't know all the laws, and, and so, but I mean there is a there is a criteria for distinguishing something that's actually relig- from a legal standpoint religious, and which is not. Um, and then I was speaking earlier about about a more theological and philosophical uh, criterion, and um, so I think that there are you know a variety of traditions that that could be included within the uh, the. Uh, um, idea of pursuing revealed knowledge and uh, would be fruitful mm-hmm, uh, there, thereby and 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 they're available you know for people to, and, and if someone disregards them and comes up with the Jedi religion and they're sincere about whatever that is that has something to do with Star Wars or something I never saw that, but I heard the, the Jedi is some, some character. Is, is it in uh, Star Wars? Is he, the, is he the central character or something? The Jedi is the Force. The Force, the Force. Uh, I say, well, maybe there's... It's Brahman, you know, I don't know. <laughs> the Holy Spirit, I don't... You know, it depends if they, if they could think of it like that, you know, and bring it... But then they're, they're coming within the scope of... of Something information about um, the other side, so to speak, and and shedding light on this world in relation uh, to it. If we, if our faith and pursuit is somehow within that, then it'll it'll be fruitful. Otherwise, not. Hmm. Does that help? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, someone was asking me, well, how is it that, you know, the name Krishna, you know, which could be pronounced in different ways in different places, and it's just a, you know, it's a word from a particular culture can be non-different from from God. Hmm. So... You know, I gave a few different um, answers, but he had a, 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 an extended kind of question about how can I, how can I, what, what, a re- reasonable, what's a, how can a reasonable person accept that, let's say Krishna, for example, mm-hmm. and the stories about him and the descriptions and so forth, are anything other but uh, anthropomorphous, anthropomorphizing, and uh, you know, cultural. Uh, Social anthropology you know demonstrates to us to us that this goes on in every culture. How can it be anything you know more than than that? And you know when you say that the absolute has attributes, you know you you're not doing nothing but attributing human attributes to the absolute hmm? and um so he was having problems. You know with that several ways in which I reply but um, you know your, your question kind of brings it brings it to mind um, but one of the ways in which I answered is that is that is there anything that precludes God or the absolute from a reasonable point of view a rational point of view having human-like attributes is that something that's wrong? Does God have to have only non human attributes, and what what would they be hmm? uh, or does God have to be attribute less hmm? in order to be reasonable? Is there any reason why we and we as far as Krishna, of course we say. Krishna is human-like. So, like, I like to say, there's an equal emphasis on both words. He's human and like. Like means similar, but not the same. Therefore, we find humanness in Krishna, and but the like qualifies the humanness, which then speaks of, he's also majestic. Mm-hmm. Aishvari and Madhurya are there in the word compound, uh, you know, human-like. Human-like means, but not human. Hmm? And so he does, he's depicted as having, okay, let's say, non-human attributes, or or are they just superhuman? (laughs) I mean, what's our context, you know, to to talk about attributes outside of our, you know, human framework? So even if you want to call them non-human, you'd really be calling them superhuman. So what is a what is a what is a non-human attribute? Hmm? So then, if you want to say attributeless, but it's not logical or reasonable to say that only a attributeless God makes sense, whereas a God with attributes doesn't make sense. Hmm? And again, with Krishna, we have superhuman and human attributes, uh, both, and therefore there is not a wholesale divorce between the sacred and the profane, between the world, uh, between spiritual and material. Hmm? The tantric perspective uh, is what. As abo- as above, so below. I mean, is 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 man and woman made in the image of Radha and Krishna, or Radha and Krishna made in the image of of, of man and woman? This it could go either either way. Why does it logically or rationally have to go? One way, hmm? because people across cult, cross culturally come up with ideas about God hmm? and then describe that God relative to their cultural setting hmm? Maybe he's revealing himself in those cultural settings and and there's a corresponding um, experience of him that includes those cultural settings on the other side. Hmm. Why, why, why this? Like, I'd wait to be down to just like, the world doesn't exist, and Brahman is like, attributeless. It's like, ah! <laughs> you know, it's like there's no world, and as far as God goes, just be quiet. Hmm. There's nothing to be said, there's nothing to be done. And hmm. and, and then, I uh, further answered, I said, w- w- one of the reasons in which that we posit a personal absolute, with attributes, yeah, some of them human-like, is not only because of our humanness, hmm, but because the very reason that we have human sensibilities, the very reason that we have a biological and psychological sense of self from a theological and philosophical point of view, which is the nature of the atma from the Gaudi perspective, which is different from the Dvaitan perspective. From Baitan perspective there is no Atma. Atma and Brahman are one. The atma, is, the atma is an illusion. But to speak of the biological and psychological sense of self. From our point of view, the biological and psychological sense of self is a result of the Atma being what it is. And that with regard to certain components or aspects of the Atma. Kartritva, Bogtritva, Gnatritva. Hmm? It's Kartritva. It's an agent. It has causal efficacy. It does something. Hmm? Uh, Gnatritva. It has capacity for cognition, for knowing. Bogtritva. It has a capacity for uh, qualitative experiences, happiness, sadness. Hmm? These are aspects of the Atma. Then, in conjunction with nature, the natural world, to use another term, the Maya Shakti, it has a material personality. If you're going to do away with the Maya Shakti, right, for all the good reasons, that influence, but your Atma has those qualities, hmm. then you need to have something on the other side that, 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 that just to where it's going to express itself, have qualitative experiences, be a knower and be an actor, be a doer, hmm. relatively speaking. Hmm. That means in transcendence, there's going to be things to do qualitative experiences to be had Hmm? certain kind of knowing uh, so now you're speaking about a variegated transcendence and and really you're speaking about a a material personality Hmm? moving in pursuit of love like we are here so to speak Hmm? perverted way as it is and you're going to have, to, have for, for it to make a difference between the two. There has to be a perfect object of love that you're acting in relation to, that you're knowing in relation to whom you're having the qualitative experiences. That's not an attributeless absolute. Mm-hmm. And so you want to look a little deeper. Mm-hmm. Theologically, what's being said, philosophically, what's being said, when we talk about Krishna, Krishna's qualities, and so forth, um, it's it's arising out not of just some simple person who just makes up a god and uh, describes him according to his own cultural setting. There, and 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 these ideas are coming from experiencers of the Atma. Where you could say, well, Shankar was an experiencer. Well, he has, he has his idea, and he's also explaining it, the, and then there's the revelation, so we're looking at the revelation, we're explaining it according, accordingly, and, and this is a factor. What is, is revelation just made up by humans? I mean, sure, from a sociological, anthropological point of view, sure. Hmm? I mean, what are tears? I can describe them physically, I can describe them emotionally. Which one's Right. different ways of looking at things. you want to look at things through a sociological, anthropological, cultural anthropological lens, then yeah, you're going to say that this is all that's going on here. Hmm? That's Because if you say anything more than that, you'll get thrown out of the... You know, you'll lose your job. <laughs> because cultural anthropology, or psychology, or physics... Uh, or any other hard or soft science hmm? if you want a job in that realm you've got to teach materialism implicitly if not explicitly, which has to render am i right you'd be lucky you'd be you have to be you might lose your job hmm? yeah okay it, 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 it's it, 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 uh uh, uh softer sciences are like kind of like have been able to be called sciences because of subsuming themselves under the the predominant hard science reductive uh perspective. So in psychology you can say you can find people say religion is really good, it's really good. It does a good thing for humans. It's really good for them. Of course, there's no God to be attained. Uh, uh, That's, let's say, the predominant um, perspective. Um, So, as much as that's the case, then these uh, lenses through which to look at the world include other things, as interesting and as appealing to your mind as that may be, that religions were just made up, the Vedas were just people arguing different opinions politically and and, and so forth. And there's, ways of, you know, there's one way of studying them, academic point of view and coming up with those, those conclusions. But there's those studies, let's say, that reduce the religious or the spiritual experience and the God-head to... the realm of the biological and psychological, Hmm. and maybe only the biological or the physical, but anyway, um, uh, carry with them other implications that you have to ask. Are those reasonable? Like, for example, the world has no purpose. Is that... How's that? How's that work? How's that feel? I mean, for some people, they say it feels good, but then they're really insistent upon there, that, that, that and, and, and there, there's, there's no purpose. Purpose. Hmm. Um, that's rather counterintuitive. Um, and you know, are the different religions that different? Hmm. This is what they say. Well, who is it? Is it, is it Krishna? Is it Buddha? Is it Jesus? You tell me. It's all of them. How's that? Mm-hmm. So the God has many faces. Mm-hmm. According to the Bhagavatam, the avatars are asankhya, you know, what To speak of appearing cross-culturally in human society, they appear in other species as well. Hmm? What about that? <laughs> uh, you know, so... Um, yeah, you know, it depends what lens you want to look at it through. There's also a transcendentalist mystic lens. There's a, religi- there's a physical physical kind of physicist lens. There's a sociological, sociological lens. There's a psychological lens. Uh, there's a religious lens. There's a mystic's lens to look at the whole thing. Are we going to just, is it reasonable to dismiss the mystic's perspective on how to approach the text's How to look at the mantras, certain sounds, in there, mm-hmm. and differentiate them from Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola. I speak would sometimes. Money just chant Coca-Cola. There's a different result, mm-hmm. and, they, and they and they get a result. Mm-hmm. Let us turn to our prime example. You want to say Krishna is just a sound. How can you say it's non-different than God? Well, ask Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm. This is the Krishna Varnam, Trisakushnam. Constantly, from his mouth, the syllables Krishna were emanating. He uttered, hmm. and what was the result? Saintliness. Hmm. In, a, in, a, in a basic sense, mastery of the human passions. And 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 ultimately, bhava, spiritual ecstasy. Hmm? I mean, you can you can just say, well, I think it was something else. Well, you, sure, you can have a materialistic perspective on it, but it doesn't make it more rational or reasonable. It's just another way of looking at it. Hmm? The mystics have a way of looking at it, too, and they have results that corresponds with the way they look at it. You can dismiss the way they look at it. You can dismiss the results. And Krishna says it in the Gita. Those who don't want to believe in me, I make their faith strong, so they don't have to. Hmm? So, as far as what's reasonable, hmm, uh, it's, uh, it, it's it's uh, it's perfectly reasonable to uh, to assume or to conclude that uh, the descriptions of Krishna. Hmm, uh, with human-like attributes and so on and so forth is more than just a cultural I- imagination. Hmm? And you say, well, it's a man-made God. Well, uh, yeah, all religions are man-made. I mean, or women-made or whatever. They're, they're, they're human-made, of course. They're humans trying to talk about and put into words their sense that That there is something more to life than what meets the eye and the mind and that in relation to this extraordinary um, input from the other side from the Vedic point of view, Vedic revelation, mystics hearing sounds because of their orientation in life that ordinary people can't hear, just like they have the dog whistle and you can blow it and only dogs can hear it or, you know animals like dogs. They hear it loud and clear, and you can't. So the, the idea is the rishis, these sounds are embedded, they hear them, and then they speak them, and then they, they don't make a lot of sense entirely, like, huh, what? What's the Veda saying, the Upanishad? And then, then from that shruti, not everybody can even utter those sounds. Or hear them and understand them. So then the Puranas are compiled by people who, are humans, who Try to explain them, break them down, and put them into stories, and so forth. And, and so, there's, they're being constructed, so to speak. But the raw material that's being used, uh, worked with, so to speak, to construct the idea, is uh, arguably coming from coming from a discipline of turning within that didn't result in 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 those. Seekers coming up empty-handed. They got something. And uh, they try to say it. Hmm. And then other people try to help break that down and apply that and and so on and so forth. So, um... Some of the things I was dealing with (laughs) this morning. But, um somewhat related uh, to your question about making up God's um, is God made up period <laughs> right this kind of kind of the, uh, the question you know and, and then of course you know like I said does, does life does, does the, is the world purposeful is there such a thing as a dharma a purpose to the world or is it purposeless? Hmm? The, the, the the religious d- dis- disciplines and the mystics' um, perspective all posit that the world, life, has an overarching meaning—a tele—what do you say, teleological, like you know, goal to a- a- achieve. Hmm? Um, and in that idea, of course, then you have a a a, a what we call an ontologically grounded right or wrong. There's a rudder, right? So if you don't have that, then there is no right or wrong act other than you think it's right or a group of people think it's right and agree for now. But there's no actual right or wrong act and by extension, there's no right or wrong thought. So you want to talk about what's reasonable? Well, in those, in that materialistic perspective, however you want to frame it, hmm, materialism expressed through social, through cultural anthropology, through sociology, through psychology, through physics, through biology, whatever it is. Hmm, what's the place of what's the place of reason? It has no place for I um, um, would say weighing in on what's what's true what's what uh, there's no right or wrong act there's no right or wrong thought what, How does that work for discourse? It seems like they're right or wrong thoughts, <laughs> doesn't it Hmm, seems like it. We're giving a worldview in which, yeah, there are. It seems to me that we we give a greater role for reasoning, a place for reasoning to be what we think it is. To some extent. I mean, we think it's more than what it is. <laughs> while we, at the same time, perhaps philosophize that without... Kind of thinking about it. That that um, that. Um, what we're actually saying is that there's no more right or wrong about your thoughts than there is the sound of you know rain falling on the roof. So I mean, you, you could, if you want to embrace that worldview, you can. Yeah, to call it more reasonable, it's not not something I agree with. that it's more reasonable, rather rather bleak and unbecoming, and, and I don't think it's supported by by evidence. And, and for that matter, you can get evidence to support anything you want, and and um and it's not. And also, it's not that. That there's a group of people who want life to be a certain way and they're called religious and they just look for validation of it. And then there's these objective people who just want to know the truth, whatever it is, and they just follow the facts. And they're called the skeptics, the atheists. It's just not exactly how it works. No. Hmm. if you read, let's take Charles Darwin, he had a sense before his discoveries that turned, turned into a hypothesis and then now it's become a theory, hmm. um, a working theory, so to speak. Um, if you read him, you'll find that, that he had a certain sense Could be like this. He followed it. He got information that supported it. Of course, maybe if he got information or facts that didn't support it, he would have discarded it. But it's not that he was just this blank. I mean, you're basically saying there's one group has a bias and and they're looking for support of the, and the other one is just completely saintly, Hmm? completely pure and objective. (laughs) It's just no. It's not like that. They're humans. Uh, and then there's this idea that you know, like for example, like mm, mm, skepticism is, is is this willingness to change that's not there in religion, and that's just that's just not the fact. There's new insight all the time from the other side. Mm-hmm. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's dispensation is a is a good example. Somebody said, "Well, you know, why is it?" You know, that it wasn't until the 15th century that Achintya Beta Beta, the absolute truth, appeared when humans have been around for millions of years. Uh, Duh! You know, this kind of thing. I said, there are other valid, you know, explanations of of transcendence this is happens to be a special dispensation about a private sector Hmm. on that side Hmm. came at a certain time and of course and again it came and again it came and again it came and again it came Hmm. but there are other perspectives they're valid too Hmm. take one of those they've been around they've been around forever As long as there have been humans, there have been God. <laughs> so, what else? Some thoughts. Yes. That, like, kind of follow the tradition. Yeah, the, the, the vows in the, in, uh, of such that constitute, you know, for example, in this instance, dietary um, dictates, mandates, and so forth, um, are um, not such, they're not constructed such as to uh, um, be in conflict with the health of the human organism. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a common sense that may be lost on on, on some people. Mm-hmm. Um, and an example of that is the uh, with regard to ecodasy in Hari Bhakti Vilas, a relaxing of of the vow and the procedure for observing a codicy which is quite uh, strict compared to how we observe it hmm. although we observe it according to how we have been told to observe it and through disciplic succession but it, it, you know, dating back 500 years different culture um, Hari Bhakti Vilas is constructed Vaisanatana Goswami, by drawing verses from different places, to put together a Vaishnava Smriti, a kind of rules for Vaishnavas. So he made it up, right? He constructed it. I call him the architect of the Sampradaya. How terrible. But, um, um, uh, oh, shocking, right? Uh, 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 so, uh, which is another example of how common sense is is lost on lots of uh, religious practitioners uh, and devotees, uh, in this case, so, of Krishna, so, um, there in Hari Bhakti Blas, this uh, uh, strict standard is relaxed for persons under certain conditions, uh, one of which I remember is like age, after the age of 80, then, they don't have to follow, or something like. We find similar um, in Gorila when when Haridas Thakur complained to Chaitanya or lamented, expressed um, uh, his his um, concern that he could not complete his rounds because he was so old and. Uh, and the opposite no, they don't have this at this point. This is not, not not necessary, of course. He was highly realized as well, but uh, it's just uh, he 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 gave the example of his age, I believe. But anyway, there it's there in Hari Bhakti Vilas. So you know, what's eighty in the you know it, it, uh, sixty could be the new eighty or whatever. You know, we live in an industrial society. People's bodies are different. People's brains are different. And so forth. So you, you know you have to look at these things accordingly, and they're not meant to be in conflict with. Uh, in fact, they're meant to be the opposite. They're meant to, uh, you know, add to one's health, so to speak, uh, along with. Um, and, and and you know, if everybody fasts in a in a, in an agrarian-based society, uh, everybody fasts from grains two days a month then the surplus of grains is increased, right, in terms of availability. And so it has an economical side to it. Uh, Giving your body a rest. Hmm. If grain in a vegetarian diet is the the main source of protein, then to, I suppose, fruit is easier to digest or other, you know, that's the idea. So you give your body a rest, and and it was also also uh, uh, originally mandated uh, to fast and from from food and drink for a day, you know, or just with water. Or, you know, so there were different variations of it, but it, it makes sense from a health point of view. It makes sense from an economical uh, uh, point of view, and so it's not meant to go against that. So. Um, Sure, if someone, you know, it's determined that they have to eat grains on ecotasy from a health point. If you, there's a place where there's, there's statements like that with regard to meat eating as well. Um, it's kind of hard to imagine that, you know, to find somebody like that. that because there's, a, I mean, the substitutes for grains, are, when you got quinoa as a substitute, it's kind you know pretty mild, for example, substitute in terms of the difference between quinoa and, and rice or or wheat. Uh, so, so um, there's a fair amount of stretching the envelope, so to speak, and you could sit to the point that people eat pretty bountifully often on on, on a kazi that tapioca who used to make was, with curd and it was a pretty full meal. So, but in principle, um, if that if that was the case, then yeah, then it could be done, and it you know, this instance in which something at sincerity would call, do something else, and, and 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 for that matter, the uh, upavas, which means to fast, upavas, it also means upavas. Upavas means to to to, to come close to reside Vas close so, so to me, the whole idea of the Caudacy is, is is not the negative of foregoing but foregoing in the context of then providing more time for hearing and chanting because you don't have to cook you don't have to work you sit and chant all day hmm? So that's really what it's about. It's it's about coming closer. Hari's it's Hari's day. What what's the term? Hmm. Anyway, it's Hari's day. I forget the. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, that's another way of saying it. But anyway, yeah, uh, it's Madhavatiti. So it's Hari's day. Uh, so to come close to him. So. If the fasting becomes counterproductive to that, and instead of being able to hear and chant by not eating, you know, all you can think about is eating, better to eat something, not grains, not chant, and so forth. So you have to always um, gravitate towards the principle. Otherwise it becomes nemagra, counterproductive, becomes a cause of... um, acquire the opposite result okay what's the time all right stop there shidhaji gopal ke jai gaur bhaktavirnda ke jau gaur